Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Broadcasting from Terrio Studios in Glendale, California, it's time for Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Hello and welcome to another episode of Epic Real Estate Investing where I show people how to get out of the rat race using real estate. And it all begins with just a really simple shift in your mindset, a shift in focus. Simply just stop focusing on creating piles of cash and start focusing on creating streams of income. What we like to call in the world of real estate, cash flow. I created my financial freedom in less than four years, and I created a, a free course to, for you to show you exactly how I got started and how I would do it if I had to start all over again. And, and you can access that free course at freerealestateinvestingcourse.com. Freerealestateinvestingcourse.com. Okay, so I've got a uh, very awesome, exciting show t- for you today. i got a, uh, a very special guest in studio, Mr. Jeff Koga. Jeff, welcome to... Epic Real Estate Investing. Thank you for having me. I'm super duper excited. You got the whole setup here, and I'm just uh, super, super pumped. So Me too. Me too. I'm glad that you're here. You know, you've got, I was typically give people a, a nice and, and, and big introduction, <laughs> but you, you've got a pretty wide background, and you've got a pretty extensive background inside of real estate. So why don't you just kind of tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got started investing in real estate? Well, um, in a nutshell, I uh, I run. No, 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 no nutshells. No nutshells. Okay, okay. <laughs> we want um, we want the details. All right. Well, uh, I started uh, investing uh, um, straight out of high school, pretty much, uh, and I bought my first investment property at age nineteen. Wow. And uh, kind of the funny story about that is uh, when I graduated, um, I was at, supposed to go to all these big university. You know, I'm a Asian background, so you know my mom's all like, "You got to go to college. You know, get a good mm-hmm. job. You know, go, <laughs> have that corporate life." And then I'm just like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm not taking on a $40,000, $50,000 loan to go because she was a single mom, couldn't right. you know, afford it. So um, luckily enough, I was blessed to uh, get connected with a uh, family friend who connected me into the insurance financial service industry. And uh, that's where I kind of learned the ropes for uh, sales and how to close and that kind of stuff. It was a Fortune 500 company, so I got very, very good training. And long story short, on that, I became one of the top producer in little as six months mm-hmm. uh, straight out of uh, high school pretty much and people were just like oh my god what's going on you know and I thought I was the king of the world you know I was making more than my mom and my dad combined you know so right. straight out of high school I'm just like yeah but 
and I and I had fun partying my butt off and that kind of stuff. But one of these nights, I was having a, a, <laughs> a beer sitting on the couch late at night, and uh-huh. uh, you know, type of shows that come on at late at night, right? Those uh, <laughs> infomercial type of things. And a gentleman came on, and he said, "Hey, you can become a multimillionaire in real estate uh, with no cash, no credit, and uh, with no experience." And I saw that, and I don't know if it was to this day the beer or if I was just the mood that I was in, but I just picked up the phone and called. And um, I'll kind of shorten it up because I've got the course and I followed the course to the T and I did my first deal. And by the time 19 came, I flipped and I made uh, over 55000 on a, uh, wow. a rehab deal. Um, obviously, that was a different market at that time. Uh-huh. So I didn't know what the heck I was doing, you know, especially now that I rehab. It's totally different how I rehab than how I rehab back then. Right. So because uh, like at that time, I had all my... Uh, high school basketball buddies that I used to play basketball with come right. in, paint the walls, that kind of stuff. And I would throw a big old party uh, before uh, I would flip it out. And that was kind of my payment for them. So <laughs> so I, I was good. being cheap with that. But uh, good bargaining. Uh, yeah. And uh, um, anyone that was doing anything in real estate will know what happened uh, a few years after 04, which was the market came uh, crashing down. Right. And uh, that's when uh, really, really it humbled me uh, instantly. You know, I was very egotistic. I thought I knew I can take over the world kind of deal. And uh, when it came crashing down, I lost a lot of money. Uh, and uh, I even uh, lost uh, my condo at that time that I had. And uh, at that time, I was trying to figure out if what I'm going to do with my life, pretty much. And mm-hmm. uh, I was really, really depressed. I got over like almost like 240 pounds, heaviest wow. I've ever been. What year was this? Uh, this was uh, at the crash, right? The 07, yeah. Okay. 07, so right. um, I was trying to figure out, and I did go back to a nine to five. You know, uh, it was, it, mm-hmm. I had to eat, so I went back, and uh, I started working at the bank call center with all means, because I didn't have a college degree, so, right. you know, people like the... Uh, like I wanted to be uh, to go into the big firms for the stockbrokers, and they were just like, "I love your salesmanship. Uh, I love how you're polished and stuff." But they said, "But you don't have a college degree, mm-hmm. so we can't hire you." And I'm just like, "Fucking what the hell?" You know. So <laughs> uh, sorry about my language, but uh, so that even depressed me even more. But um, I got connected and started working at the bank, and uh, um, it was a bank call center at that time, mm-hmm. so which was pretty cool. But I changed the uh, time to start at like 5:45 a.m. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I did that was because uh, I wanted to do real estate after I got off. So I got off like around one o'clock. Then after one, I would do real estate. Right. And uh, luckily enough, uh, I learned a new strategy at that time. I didn't even know you can make money that way, which was uh, now it's wholesaling. You know, you tie mm-hmm. properties, get them under contract, and you flip them and you make an assignment fee. And I did my first deal. And by that time, I said, you know what? I made ten grand on. I said, "F you, bank," <laughs> and <laughs> literally quit that job, thinking that I'm back in the game. You know, right. so and that was probably my dumb mistake again that I made. And uh-huh. but I'm looking back. You know, at that time, I thought it was the best decision. But um, you know, I didn't close another deal until. Until like three or four months later. Okay. So you got expenses going out and, you know, 10 grand only goes so far. So and you got to spend for marketing right. and that kind of stuff. And uh, it was real tough. And but luckily enough, uh, you know, I found a little niche at that time um, coming down, which was a short sell arena. Mm-hmm. So because why? Because I was losing my own condo at that time. So I was really, really trying to figure out a way to even try to save it and that kind of stuff. Right. And uh, um I learned how to do these back-to-back short sell clothes. Uh, and uh, the only reason why I was able to learn that was because uh, uh, I joined a mastermind group at that time uh, that really, really allowed me to connect with a lot 
smarter investors that uh, helped me learn that side of the business. Right. And it was a very, very expensive one. You know, it was almost like two grand a month, I think, at that time. Okay. Yeah. So that was a lot of money. So, you know, instead of making payments to my right. mortgages, I was paying a coach to join the mastermind group. And, uh, you know, I, I don't recommend uh, for folks to do that, you know, so because it's mm-hmm. kind of very, very stressful. But uh, luckily, it was a very good investment and uh, met a lot of good friends and uh, I took off. At, and I started, uh, I think, at one time I was handling over like 50 short sales uh-huh. in the pipeline. Right. I had three negotiators that were handling it, so I had a pretty big operation. Then um, the market shifted again, you right. know, and it, that was really, really scary. You know, that's when the the shorting banks, as I like to call it, finally got their shit together, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, Matt, you were doing short sales at that time, I think, yep. too, so you know the big aim and how it changed. And we were no longer able to do these back-to-back short sale clothes and make those, you know, 20, 30 grand right. without right. doing anything to the property. And then we're trying to scramble, trying to figure out how to how to uh, do these flips. And uh, even in the mastermind group, it was funny because uh, all these deed restrictions started popping up. Right. You know, and when Countrywide was the first one that came out, it was called like the Bullet 10, the 30-day deed restrictions. Uh-huh. So you couldn't do the back-to-back closes anymore. Right. So, you know, I'm in the mastermind group and I'm paying money for this. And I'm just like, hey, folks, you know, hey, you know what? I, I can't flip these damn houses. You know, what were what, what you guys' thoughts? And they were just like, uh, Jeff, uh, we don't get these on our approval letter. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was just funny because I would have all the problems. And everyone on the West Coast would have the problem, mm-hmm. like in California. And no one in the East Coast would have this problem whatsoever. Ah, really? Yeah. Okay. And uh, luckily enough, we did find a temporary fix, which was to use a, a revocable trust right. uh, to flip and we were just like oh yeah this is amazing stuff so so in this mastermind group that we were trying to keep it hush hush as low as possible mm-hmm. because we had a theory that you know the bank you know representative was going to these uh, guru seminars right. and was just actually sitting in there trying to learn how the heck these investors are <coughs> scamming the banks or whatever right right so uh we were trying to keep it hush hush but long story short it still leaked and they started uh you know making us sign like affidavits that there's no right. outside transaction and once you the, the bank is telling you to sign affidavits you know you're not you, you're not going to blatantly lie about that because you can mm-hmm. go to jail for that you know perjury sure. that kind of stuff so um that whole business came crashing down but luckily enough i made a shift i was with my old partners and it's I made, amazing that the banks can tell you what to do after you own the property that, exactly <laughs> you know it's, it's, it's uh, so unfair. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't. But, you know, what What are you going to do? You got to play by the rules. And, you know, yeah. you, at first I was pissed off and we we're just like, yeah, let's boycott them. You know, let's right. stop submitting it. But you can't do anything. So uh, right. um, luckily enough, I made a shift in uh, old, late 09 to get back into the rehab game and the wholesale game. And that was probably the best decision I ever made because the other folks that stayed in that mastermind that stuck with just the short sale. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I've heard some horror stories on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're holding on to 50 you know pipelines 50 short sales in the pipeline some had 100 deals in the pipeline and they couldn't they couldn't flip them right you know right. and luckily enough i unloaded all of those and just retailed them out and you know made some little money on it and uh luckily enough i caught a break on the the rehabs and it kind of took off and that's when i set up a new company called uh, capital redevelopment group my new partners mm-hmm. and uh, our vision at that time was to dominate uh, the los angeles market and become the authority and become the 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 fastest uh, growing or the number one liquidators mm-hmm. in Los Angeles and so far uh, um, we're into uh, year uh, four now and uh, uh, we've been uh, doing pretty well you know awesome. it wasn't uh, easy but uh, mm-hmm. you know it was a growing pain but well, we're doing good now so very easy well there's there's periods where it's easy but uh, <laughs> but then you know you've, you've mentioned you know several shifts mm-hmm. in the market and I think that's one of the that's 
one thing that a real estate investor needs to be prepared for, mm-hmm. because uh, there's really not an up down or, or, or a good or bad market. You know, the, the markets just go up and down, and you have to adapt your strategies and your approaches to those market conditions. Absolutely. And boy, it sounds like you've certainly you've done that very well. Um, but like you said, not without pains. Oh yeah. You know, and, and that's just the life of a, an entrepreneur. Correct. And then you combine that being an entrepreneur, a real estate investor, and you get a whole new set of veins. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Every business, in my opinion, has all the challenges in the world. So Yeah. So. Yeah. If, if, you know, if, if it pays well, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's saturated. There's competition. And, yeah. you know, it's got challenges for sure. Um, so the market's shifted. And you, you're primarily operating here in California, correct? Uh, yep. Southern California. Okay. Got it. So this is a... Uh, What's it like out there right now? Ooh, sheesh. It's a bloodbath. That's what it is. Holy How smokes. So? How so? How so? Everyone and their mamas wants to be an investor in Los Angeles, you know? So, <laughs> right. so you know, it, it's, and I run a, uh, a coaching program as well, and I talk to a lot of local students, and the reason why I kind of started that was because I needed a competitive advantage, right. you know? And uh, my theory was this, is that at first, my business partners were against it. They were just like, Jack, why are you going to teach all these people how to flip? houses it's too damn competitive to begin with anyways right. and i'm just like look 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 we got to have an abundance mentality you know mm-hmm. it's it's like you know we can be you know uh, we can hold on to our little secrets that we think it's secrets but mm-hmm. uh you know at the end of the day they're gonna if people want to learn how to flip houses they're gonna learn from other people and i said to them i said hey you know what if they're gonna learn i'd rather have them learn from me so that way i can dictate the market on what they hear right so right. finally when i told them that it's like okay fine you can go ahead and do it and uh ended up uh uh, with the competition and stuff like that and kind of uh, back to the market on where we're at in Los Angeles is uh, um, I'm seeing things and we write a lot of offers um, but uh, I'm seeing things where some investors are buying things literally at uh, 80, 85 cents, even 90 cents on the dollar mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know how they're going to make money. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I've backtracked some of the buyers and actually physically see if they made money or not. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. there was one deal that I was looking at. It was on like 57th Street or something like that in LA. The actual investor bought it for like a buck ninety, and they popped it back up on the market for two thirty. Mm-hmm. You know, so you look at that and you're just right. like, that is some thin margin. You know, sure. you pay out the real estate commission, the closing cost, and then you got Uncle yeah. Sam, and we're yeah. in California where they tax you left and right. You <laughs> right. know, right. and uh, you know, yeah, how, how do you make money? Well, you gonna make five grand? You know, <laughs> like, right. Right. you know, but but these buyers are, are the special buyers that I always say these are these uh, little hedge funds that are buying up the property. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, speaking with them, they keep on saying that it's because they're just trying to move the money, and if they can make some return on it in a very short period, they can compound it and get a yield over you know eight, nine, ten percent. They're okay with it. So right. you know, I'm not I'm not uh, complaining. Why? Because I wholesale to them, and they buy and they pay a good premium on the assignment fee. You know, they pay like right. twenty grand, thirty grand. I'm right. happy. You know, so. Right. <laughs> So this is a this is a dynamic that's rather unique to, would you say it's unique to California or is it a national thing right now with the hedge funds being a player? So talking to the buddies that that I have um, in my mastermind or back in the days and stuff like that, and they say that uh, the hedge funds are in the coastal cities predominantly, and mm-hmm. I've heard that uh, they're moving into kind of like certain pockets, like uh, and you might know this better, Matt, is like uh, Tennessee and stuff like that, right. and Indianapolis. I've heard that and. Uh, you know, I haven't verified it, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. I've heard I've heard it's becoming you know very very competitive everywhere. So yep, indeed, the mar- the market is certainly shifting. 
um, again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I question seriously how, uh, how permanent it is because it is so much investor driven. Correct. You know, and uh, you know when investors drive to anything. Well, it, it but you the... said you said earlier, you know, the market goes up and down, and right. so it's never permanent. So no, as, lo- right. as long as we know that it's a market, and then we just need to know when to capitalize and when we need to go ahead and let go of the brake as well. You know, accelerate True. and let True. go of the brake. I think we'll be okay. And uh, you know, I felt the pain last time, so I def- definitely don't want to be in the same position on this next uh, collapse that's going to come. You know, obviously <laughs> we don't know when, but right. uh, you know. It's going to happen. You know, it's a matter yeah, of when. It's a cycle. So. Exactly. So what are some of the things that you're doing to prepare? To prepare? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that we're doing is we're actually letting go our acceleration on our rehabs. Okay. Yeah. We've uh, we've slowed down a lot of our cookie cutter deals. Um, and we're doing now just bigger development deals. And the reason why we're doing that is we honestly think that we might have a 24-month window. Mm-hmm. And uh, we might be even less than that now. Is the 24-month window for what? Uh, until until the market is really going to slow and uh, maybe start coming down. Like our goal is, we want to we want to be in a position where we're in cash position by 24 months. That we we want to be liquidated at that time, and mm-hmm. we want to have enough cash so that way, if a collapse happens, mm-hmm. then we'll, at least we'll have cash on the sidelines so that way we can clean clean house. Got it. So the the window or come down, you're meaning. You're speaking of the uh, the appreciation that the media Correct. has really got a hold of, and Correct. we yeah. have experienced significant appreciation in yeah. several parts of the country. So you think there's about a 24 month window for that before that kind of slows down and settles? Correct. And okay. I'm not the only one in the Southern California who believes that. You know, I'm sure you've heard of gentleman Bruce Norris. Of course, of yeah, course. the the Godfather of Southern <laughs> California real estate who called the collapse of the last collapse, right? And right. It, and uh, you know, I look at a lot of charts, and the funny thing was, uh, he I was looking at a video that he did recently, and he was talking about the exact same thing. So I'm just like, okay, I'm looking at some numbers, and it mm-hmm. looks like that. And he's talking about, and I, you know, and I listen to what he says, mm-hmm. and he said the same thing. He says he thinks that it's really going to be about a 24-month window, and he thinks that it's going to come down, crashing down mm-hmm. afterwards. I'm a little bit more optimistic. I don't think that the government's going to allow it to come crashing down, mm-hmm. as they did in 08, uh, mm-hmm. because they see what type of a global effect financial collapse that we were in. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't want to be in the position where I have to say, oh my God, it's coming collapse, collapsing and right. uh, and I have all these properties or deals that uh, I can't flip out on, you know, because right. I've already been there and that sucks. So, so what does what Bruce cite for the, the reason that it will crash? Well, same thing like you're does saying. He use, does he use the word crash? He does use okay. the word crash. Yeah. Right. He says, uh, and and uh, he the reason is, like you said, it's an artificial boom. He says mm-hmm. it's investor driven. And uh, he, he does say that. Absolutely. I, I have been listening to him and yeah. I have not heard him say that. So that's really? the first I've heard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the it was the new one that he came out with. Okay. And he said uh, and he said that he's never going to release another report, you know, because you know how he releases a report right. every so often. But he said he's so busy now that he said that he's not going to probably release another report. But um you know, he says the market is based on, you know, what the Federal Reserve is doing, pretty much what the government is right. doing. And we all know that they're artificially, you know, keeping the interest rate low to stimulate the retail market and things like that. And, uh, you know, the, the inflation is what people, some people talk about, some people know what's going on, but mm-hmm. that's where, where the big question mark is, you know, like some people old saying is what, as interest rate goes up, real estate prices, what, come down, right? right. right. And uh, Bruce actually debunks that and he kind of compares the market cycle now, uh, not to the actual 90s when real estate and interest rate went up and market went down. He compares it more to the 70s or the stagflation era with Jimmy Carter, Paul Volcker, when he was the Federal Reserve at that time. And he said when the interest rate started creeping up, he said the real estate market boomed. Mm-hmm. And that's why he says, 
we're in that cusp of if they start creeping up, then the salesmen on the other side, right? The salespeople, the right. real estate agent, real estate broker, mortgage bankers, what are they going to say? They're going to say, real estate, uh, interest rates are coming up. You need to buy now before you miss the boat again. Right. Otherwise, if the point goes up 1%, you're going to end up paying you know, $100,000 in interest. Uh, so That's you more, need to get right. in now, you know? So, right. so but... Uh, you know, it's a it's an interesting, interesting market, and uh, you know, if, if you're starting off or you know you're in it and you're doing it, to just be aware that uh, you know this the gravy train isn't going to last forever, so you just got to be prepared for it. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cool. You know, it's um, you wrote a book this year or last year. Uh, I wrote a several books. This right. Year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Several. Well, let's talk about the one I'm, and you kind of touched on it a little bit how where you're. Uh, strategy has changed Mm -hmm. and you are actually taking advantage of the hedge funds in the area and you're selling them properties. Oh yeah. And I think your book was flipping homes to wall street, flipping Flipping houses to wall street. Street, Yeah. I think it was very successful. I saw it on the, on the charts. (laughs) Um, Explain to me what's the, what's that book about and how might someone today be able to take advantage of the same thing? It's, it's actually, I'm t- talking about a story of how I accidentally found this particular buyers and I ended up wholesaling these deals to them and figuring out that they're a hedge fund. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really, I, I give strategies and how to find them and actually how to wholesale to them. But the message that I give in the book is exactly what I'm talk- talking about now is, hey, you can flip houses and make money flipping houses to Wall Street hedge fund buyers, but you got to be careful because it's not going to last forever. So if you're going to do it, capitalize on, make a a lot of money as you can, but just be ready to exit um, mm-hmm. when when uh, when you need to exit. You know, so when they, when they stop buying, yeah, when basically. they stop buying, yeah, exactly. So okay, so what are some strategies on how the, how the audience can tap into one of these? Because I think where this is really significant is if they're buying properties mm-hmm. at really low margins and not looking for great returns. Mm-hmm then that puts it kind of for the wholesale on the other side. They don't have to find as good of a deal as they would have in the Absolutely. past, correct? Correct. Right? Okay, so yeah. I'm, I'm putting it together. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. how would they find, how would they tap into this buyer market? First is that to find the buyers, we did, we do a lot of extensive research uh, in data. And this is where I always say this, this day and age, your competitive advantage to be able to beat the other investor because you know in business you don't get a A for effort. Okay, right. it's either you execute or you miserably fail and you don't make money. Right. So you got to execute, but then to execute you got to make sure that you're making the right moves. So how do you know you're making the right moves? Well, my opinion is I'm an Asian guy, so I say follow the numbers. Numbers don't lie. <laughs> so uh, one of the biggest things when I found out that one particular buyer was buying, guess what I did? I took that name and I threw it back in the public records on the MLS, and then I try to see how many properties that they own. And right. instantaneously, when you put it in, guess what happens? You go, boom, a list that comes out. I'm like, holy smokes, yes, we got to, you know. Yeah, so <laughs> so then from there, then you got to try to figure out, okay, we got a bona fide buyer, right? So right. now you got to get in front of them and get hold of them. So mm-hmm. I sent out a postcard first, right? Mm-hmm. No callback. You know, I'm just like, screw this shit, you know? So so I ended up uh, skip tracing the whole address, you know, and try to figure out who the signer was, got the actual signer of the individual. And the signer's name wasn't like a Joe Smith where there's like a million Joe Smith, mm-hmm. you know? So I ended up being able to find her uh, home number, you know? So kind of like a stalker I am, you know? So I'm right. just, uh, I called the home and I sent a letter to the home, say, hey, thank you so much. Uh, I saw that you bought this property. Give me a call. I have more properties just like that. And mm-hmm. luckily enough, from there, we uh, they called back and we started building a relationship with the actual uh, signer of the fund. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, long story short, uh, they're now kind of like our best friend, you know. So that's okay. pretty pretty cool. And uh, and that's who we've been wholesaling most of our properties to, you know. Got so, it. Got it. So it's 
good old fashioned relationship building. Correct. Yeah. But <laughs> research and correct. relationship building. Yeah. But then how I did it, I think, is a little bit different. Is because I, you know, I I did some really really strategic thing because the signer of that document is a actual、uh, real estate broker. Okay. Yeah. So I guess the fund hired a broker to actually be the signer to oversee the fund or whatever. So、um, I wanted to do something so that way I have what I call social proof before、mm-hmm. I pick up the phone. Right. And、uh, so that way, it's like a no, no Joe Blow that's just calling, you know. So, so、uh, one of the things that I did is I took the email address and I use this a lot in a lot of my businesses. I I contacted them and I became friends with them on LinkedIn. Okay. Before I called them. Uh-huh. Right. So, and the LinkedIn is one of the most powerful social media tools out there. And the reason being is,、uh, LinkedIn allows you to actually take outside email addresses and put it in there. Uh huh. And you can connect with them. Got it. No other social media pro,、uh, platform allows you to take outside emails.、Mm-hmm. So you know, imagine you get an email from someone, you find it on the internet, right? Or you take it off the MLS or whatever, or or you get business card. You can just put it in LinkedIn. You can put a、uh, a friend、ah. request through LinkedIn. Got it. And then when they when they actually connect with you, I have my profile set up in a way where you know it's, it's supposed to like intrigue them, you know,、uh-huh. and、uh, I have my projects on there and that kind of stuff, and I have you know、uh, pretty strong connections. And uh, uh, to this day, I don't know if that helped or not,、mm-hmm. but I've been doing that over the last year or so. We've sent out over all、uh, we manage our social media manager manages all of our uh, uh, workers in our company's、uh, LinkedIn profile, and we've sent out over、uh, I want to say ninety thousand LinkedIn invitations. Wow. Yeah. So all of my guys' a、uh, profile have over, I believe, like three thousand, you know, friends, you know,、mm-hmm. and some have like five thousand. Obviously, Susan, who's my business partner, she's you know very gorgeous looking woman, so she has the most friends, you know. Surprise, <laughs> surprise, you know. So、mm-hmm. right, right. <laughs> But、uh, that that really works on、uh, building bond and relationship, and I call it social. It's social media, but I call it more of social networking because you're really trying、mm-hmm. to、uh, network with people over the computer. So、mm-hmm. so got it. So I know you you've done. A lot over the computer. You generate a lot of your business. You use、mm-hmm. technology significantly, and you've got a team that manages that technology for you.、Oh, yeah. And there's another book that you、uh, you put together. I think it was a book about the、uh, generating leads through Craigslist. Oh yeah. What's that one called?、Uh, Crushing it with Craigslist. Crushing it with Craigslist. There、okay. we go. Let's hear、yeah. about that one. Yeah. <laughs> so I know a lot of people are very intrigued. You know. There's nothing that's going to replace good old face-to-face networking and, and relationships. I mean, that's really where. I think all of our deals will come from,、right. you know, and、uh, but people are always looking for other ways, other avenues, other strategies of generating leads, finding that motivated seller, finding those all cash buyers. So, on this crushing it with Craigslist, I'm assuming you're, 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 that's kind of what you're doing, right? Correct, and、uh, you know. I think some investors out there,、um, if you've been investing for a while, you've heard of that. You know, people talking about, oh yeah, you can generate leads on Craig- Craigslist, and I've heard about it in the past. And but I never really applied that much energy into it until、mm-hmm. uh, um, the one of my buddies, Jason, who we run Real Estate Strategy Lab,、uh, started talking about it. And he was like, yeah, I think this will work. And I'm just like, dude, just run with it, see if it works. And、uh-huh. and he started working some campaigns that we we kind of drummed up and kind of did a brain dump, and boom, we instantaneously got a lead, and we. Closed on it and、uh, made over like twelve thousand dollars with just like fifteen hours of work, wow, you know, which was、okay. pretty cool. It should have it took、uh, it took ninety days, you know, but、mm-hmm. it really the, the the work time was about fifteen hours, and the only reason why it took ninety days was because some liens popped up we had to clear out.、Um, but once that happened, then we said, okay, one worked, 
Let's mm-hmm. see if we can scale this baby. Right. And then that's where we started to uh, map out some other strategies and uh, uh, really, really put together kind of a flow funnel where now my VA actually manages that manages the campaign on Craigslist. And I'll, I'll give you guys uh, who's watching or who's listening to this is a golden nugget is we never log into Craigslist at all. We market on Craigslist, but we never log into Craigslist. Mm. Yeah, strange as it sounds. Okay. We use something called IFTT.com. I-F-T-T. Yeah, if, then, then, that, I-F-T-T-T.com. So three T's. Okay. Not two T's. Three T's. Three T's. I-F-T-T-T. If, then, then, that.com. Yeah, okay. I-F-T-T-T.com. And what that does is it's, uh, I don't I don't know the term for it, but what it, what it does is you put in some key words in there uh, that you want to use. And we use a very sophisticated, uh, in Craigslist, uh, Craigslist, most people, when they do a search on Craigslist, what, what, what would they do? They'll take like the keywords, like fixers or something like that, right? Right. And they'll go to the real estate for sale section, and they'll go for sale by owner. And then in the search section, they might put like... Uh, uh, fixer and right. then they'll see the list of comes up on the screen and then they'll manually look on there and to see if it's a good deal or not mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that's to me you know Jason was doing that and he was showing me how he found the deal that we made 15 grand on I said mm-hmm. dude that's that's how it seems like a lot of work <laughs> I told him, and he was right. like but it worked so we could do it and I'm just like no 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 no, no. we're not doing that shit that's what I said right. so we ended up uh, using IFTT and what it does is we use a very sophisticated and we use a very sophisticated advanced search algorithm on Craigslist uh-huh. uh, so it uses like parentheses so think about it it's parentheses put the keywords and then you put that little straight line button and then you put the keyword straight line button put the keyword straight line button and then close the parentheses and it will search all of those keywords so you can put fixer investor you can put motivated uh-huh. distress you know you can use that and one of the keywords that we subtract and we know we don't want to look at is we put a minus sign for mobile okay for mobile yeah for mobile okay. because we don't want to look at listings that have mobile homes Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So when we do that formula and you put it in through IFTTT, uh, then it directly shoots the listing into our Gmail account. So we set up a, a new Gmail, and mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was very clever, and I uh, set up a Gmail called uh, Craig Lester. Okay. Yeah, so it's like Craig it. Lester, CRG at gmail.com, and we set that up, and it goes in there. And uh, uh, once it goes in there, all we do is look at the listing and look at some of the headlines and see if it looks like a deal that we can do and we just physically open it and when they open it it does go to the craigslist post but all my va does is then hit the reply button and we use a tool on gmail um if you go to the actual setting side on your gmail account there's like a gear on your gmail uh-huh. and then you go to settings and go to labs right and under labs, there's a section called canned response. Mm, I use it. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so uh, you know the power of canned response, which right. is you don't have to sit there typing up emails. So we have pre-populated emails, about eight email series that we have that I preloaded as canned response. And uh, my VA knows that uh, for, for the first one, it says uh, we have it marked as like yellow one or whatever. And right. that's that's to match the star colors, right, on the right. Gmail that you can change. And they'll send it out and says, here, I noticed that this property, and this is a, like a boilerplate email, says, hey, hey, I'm interested in this property. Can you tell me a little bit more about the property that's not listed on the post? Mm-hmm. And then it goes, thanks, Craig. And it says, P.S., um, please let me know if you're a wholesaler or a real estate agent because sometimes real estate agents and wholesalers post on this listing. And that's it. Uh-huh. And it's very generic. So when most people, you know, when they read it, they'll reply back. Well, some people reply back with long paragraphs and says, yeah, this is and they try to sell you on the property. And then that's when physically once that happens, um, 
uh, my acquisition guys will go in because our VA will look at it and it will say, okay, if it looks like a good deal based on Zillow, right? So she'll run a Zillow search on it and it says that if it's about 90% of Zillow value, and then our acquisition guys will then review the numbers to see. Okay. Now, the interesting part is we, we even have a canned response that called a passive price reduction canned response, ah. which is once, we, once someone tells us a number, uh-huh. says, okay, and our favorite line is, uh, what are you willing to take without losing sleep at night? That's our favorite line <laughs> in the email. We have that as one as canned. Nice. And when they respond back and they give us a number, then the day after, our guys will hit the canned response, says, hey, and they'll put the name of the person like, hey, Matt, it uh-huh. says, here's the message that our acquisition manager said, please let me know if this will work. And then I changed the font on the canned response. So it looks like that, uh, you know, our, I call it the acquisition concierge or whatever. Uh-huh. It looks like uh, they just copied and pasted our acquisition manager's um, message. And it says on there, it says, based on the numbers in that area, it seems a little bit high. We would need to get a discount of 10 to 15% for us to go ahead and send out our architect engineers, our inspectors uh, to see if we can go ahead and purchase this property. Please let me know if the seller will accept. And it says uh-huh. Dash Edwin. Mm-hmm. So they're thinking on their side that someone actually analyzed the property, right. the decision maker, the, the boss, decision, correct. the manager the in the back, the back room, correct, yeah, right. and then do that, and instantaneously just on that email, I guarantee you, I usually get a discount of like five, ten thousand dollars easily. You know, just sending out that one email. So, and then from there, that's when our guy starts analyzing. And so we have a pretty sophisticated funnel. That's one. And then for the other part on Craigslist, and I'll give this to you, but um, is uh, is uh, we look in the renter section. Okay. Yeah. So that's a pretty interesting strategy. That so you're we, calling landlords? We're not calling them. Oh, no, you're not calling. We them. No, we don't want to call people. We All don't right. want to talk to people. We're okay. lazy. You know, so <laughs> we're no. I want to say we're the hardest working lazy people. So we don't want to talk to them. So what we do is we go on there. Same thing. We have the keywords in there, mm-hmm. and then uh, from there, um, it gives us all the listings for uh, properties that are for rent. Mm-hmm. And uh, then our VA goes in there and guess what? It just sends them one quick email. It says, hey, saw your listing. Wanted to see if you were interested in getting a cash offer. Please let me know. Mm-hmm. Just one sentence. And that's it. And then from there, most of the people say yes, no. Obviously, most of us say no, no, no. And then right. some people say, um, what is this about? And that's when we say, well, we're investor developers looking to buy property. and wanted to see uh, if you wanted to uh, uh, get a cash offer. You can instantaneously save uh, 8%, I mean 6% without paying a real estate agent's commission. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. that will be about going back to your pocket and there's no obligation and I think the line that I use is there's there's absolutely no obligation for this cash offer um, you can go ahead and decide at that time if you'll accept counter or you decide not to sell at all you know and that's mm-hmm. it so nice so and that's working and uh, I got some couple other juicy stuff so but right, well, we'll get to those yeah we'll get I'll get them out of you eventually there you go there you go so, <laughs> so. but very creative yeah. um, but still a lot of work right it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work setting it up, just like any other system, mm-hmm. you know. Is uh, and I personally built the whole system on that. And I personally, actually, in the beginning, even though Craig Lester was set up, I personally went in there and uh, I was actually responding to the emails myself as if I was the VA. Mm-hmm. And that's really kind of the the business building strategy. This is more of a business building strategy that I'm giving, not a lead generation strategy. But mm-hmm. in my business, I try to set up different email accounts for different tasks. So that way, even though I'm doing it, mm-hmm. in my mind, I can always say that, hey, this task that's being done in this email, I can outsource to someone else. Right. So that's what I started. And in the beginning, I was on Craigslist literally 
hours trying to figure that out the codes algorithm you know what's working what's not working you know what kind of responses give because mm-hmm. and i've gotten some heated pissed off actually craigslist people saying that oh, i'm gonna report you to craigslist you know you sent me the same email you know 10 different uh, times you know uh-huh. right. <laughs> that kind of stuff so so i had to be very very careful and finally i kind of figured out the, a model that really really works and uh, uh, after it worked and it got it to a work i just created a video on you know camtasia and saying this is exactly what i do and kind of passed it on to my va mm-hmm, and then uh, mm-hmm. she's handling it now so awesome so did you put all of this in your crushing it with craigslist book uh yeah it's in the book so okay. it is in the book most of it uh the other stuff uh um the more of the new strategies that i'm coming up with because it's like as they say the market is changing mm-hmm. craigslist is going to make another change as well coming up i believe in they were saying uh um, in like three months because we're doing like before ads and stuff like that. So we're using these image codes to track the actual uh, click-through rates and how many times impressions mm-hmm. our ads come up and stuff like that. But they're going to eliminate that. So now that strategy of tracking our ads no longer going to work, I mm-hmm. think. So um, so it's con- consistently changing. So um, what I did was uh, when after I released a book, uh, I figured out some couple of other strategies and I did a boot camp and that's when I brought in some students that actually showed uh, showed them what I, what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I I got students all across the nation and then from there I kind of masterminded took all the information the feedback they were giving me as well and then improved it even more so super super so if someone wants to pick up your book Mm mm-hmm um, where do they go? Uh, they can just go to Amazon. Look uh, look up uh, Crushing It with Craigslist. It's on there. Just pick it up. And uh, we got some pretty cool bonuses as well on there. So okay. uh, you can pull it up and you can take a look. And if that's something that really, really uh, that you like, then you can definitely go ahead and look into more of the system side. And I have a full-blown course, actually, that we did. And it has over uh, you know like six hours of video. And I actually even give out the keywords that I use and things like that and the actual code that I use. And you can, uh, you can purchase that as well. So. Very good. And uh, flipping houses to Wall Street's there too. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So. Awesome. And you said you wrote several books. I wasn't aware of any more. What else you got? Uh, I have another one called. Uh, one of my favorite ones is called uh, uh, retargeting. Retargeting. Yeah. Okay. What's uh, that about? Retargeting is one of the new uh, hush, hush. I don't want to say it's new. It's more of a hush hush marketing strategy online mm-hmm. that uh, a lot of the internet marketers have been doing for the last several years or so but no one in the real estate industry in my opinion has been doing it mm-hmm. and what retargeting is is uh, um, an easiest example is go to amazon mm-hmm. go to amazon and look up uh, your favorite um, uh, you know shoe or something like that or go to zapatos Zap- Zapato and look up your favorite shoes mm-hmm. and then what you'll notice is that if you go to a different website afterwards mm-hmm. you'll suddenly see the same shoes that you were looking at as a banner ad right, that's right, following right. you uh-huh. you know so the concept is that's retargeting what they're doing is they cookied your computer once you did a search on their site mm-hmm. and you went on their cookie to your computer and then when you went to a different site and if that site had the same network advertisement or whatever that they call it mm-hmm. then they have the ability to run an ad in front of you right so that's why i see that gopro camera on every website i go to it's because how do they know i just bought a gopro camera yeah see <laughs> yeah so so that's a perfect example so um so when when this was taught to me um i was just like oh my god you know what i can use this to make myself look like a multi-bajillion dollar company mm-hmm. and uh, and at first when i was telling this to my business partner they thought i was insane 
You know, because because it's like you know, you try to explain this, be like, look, we can stalk people on the internet, and they're like, what? You know, like, what do you mean you can stalk people? I'm like, yeah, we can put these cookies on their computer, and then we can have little banner ads following them, and then they were just like, Jeff, how the hell are you gonna make money off this? And I'm just like, don't worry about it, I got this, and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so I started putting these uh, pixels on my uh, websites. And uh, um, and what I started doing was uh, um, a lot of our leads that we generate um, generate on the uh, on our buy side is we send out a lot of emails to real estate agents. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we send out our emails, we have our uh, our before and after videos on there. And it says, click here to watch the transformation. It has over 100,000 views on YouTube. And, you know, the people mm-hmm. click on it. And then obviously we send them to a web page. Mm-hmm. And guess what that web page has? It has a cookie on there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when it's cookied, now, ooh, they're, they're screwed. They're trapped in the CRG. I call it the trap. Mm-hmm. And when they're trapped in there, guess what happens? We have banner ads running out. And one of our favorite ads that we run is, uh, it says, uh, uh, connect with LA's uh, best, uh, connect with LA's best uh, investment firm. And we have an image that says, we heart realtors. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> on there. So when they click on that, then they go to our Facebook page. Okay. So I'm not even sending them to a squeeze page. I'm sending them to, so, you know, to a Facebook page uh-huh. out of all places. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, and our Facebook page has been growing because of that. And uh, our, my goal was, you know, most people say, well, if you're buying traffic, you should try to convert that and try to ROI it. But mm-hmm. in real estate, it's kind of tough because, you know, how do you know, you know, the connection that you made from retargeting ad and that realtor brought you a deal? I really don't know that. Right. But I know for a fact that when a realtor says, man, you're everywhere. That feels good, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't know what I'm doing in the background, you know. So they think that I'm a I'm a Fortune 500 company, and you know they go to whatever site and they says we love realtors, you know, Capital Redevelopment Group, you know, yeah. right? And we buy houses and that kind of stuff. So so it's um, that has worked really really well, and that's what that book is all about. Where I go and talk about retargeting, and I talk about how you can actually set it up, and it's more more of a overview of what retargeting is, mm-hmm. uh, because there are you know it is it is kind of nerdy, kind of techy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'll give a golden nugget is uh, is most retargeting uh, companies that you go through, there is a minimum traffic that you need to have on your website. So if you absolutely have no traffic on it, it's going to be tough for you to retarget. You know, you can't retarget okay. one person, right. you know, right. through the regular. So but uh, a company called AdRoll. AdRoll? Uh-huh. AdRoll. Yeah. A-D-R-O. A, like ad A-D roll. Yeah. Okay. R-O-L-O. Uh, allows you to uh, use if you just have 2,000 cookies. And the cookies stay on the computer for 90 days. Okay. So if you do the math, go 2,000 divided by three, then, you know, 700, you know, visitors. You right. know, 700 visitors is not a whole heck of a lot. That's easy to get, you know. So mm-hmm. so that's what we've we've been doing in running the ad roll campaigns. So mm-hmm. we've been doing that. And uh, simultaneously, Facebook came out uh, with the same retargeting as well. Mm-hmm. And that was a game changer for us because um, what we're able to do with it's called custom audience. Mm-hmm. And uh, what you need to do is go on Google Chrome and you need to install this app called Power Editor on Facebook mm-hmm. and install it on there. And once you install it, you can create a custom audience, meaning you can take an external email address, upload it into Facebook. And if that particular email matches with a Facebook profile, now you can add runs, add you know, run ads in front of that Facebook profile mm. in the stream, right? And then on the side. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we do the same thing. We take all the real estate agents, so all the local Los Angeles real estate agent here, I have their email address. Mm-hmm. And so they're all up in Facebook right now, and I have ads running literally right now in front of them, same campaign. We heart realtors, connect with LA's best real estate wow. investment firm. So now if our acquisition guys calls them, 
regardless of uh you know if that's working or not they're going to be like if they see it you know it's kind of like you're driving down a freeway and that same banner ad right. is there you know there's a capital redevelopment group capital redevelopment group is constantly in their face so they're like yeah capital redevelopment group wants to buy your property there's just like yeah so right. so and it's uh it's been working very very well so yeah so tell me about the results what what's your business look like today uh today is we've like i said is we've really really slowed down on our rehabs this year alone we've only uh flipped uh uh five houses that's it that's it five rehab five flips but all of them we have done over a hundred thousand okay okay and the reason being and that's off the net paying off investor everything and the reason why we're able to do that is because we're doing very heavy construction all of those all of those rehabs we've done over uh construction cost over a hundred thousand dollars so, which is cool. Now, on the wholesale side, so the hundred thousand—that's a hundred thousand profit per property. Per property, yeah. okay, yeah, Got per it. property, yeah. Got it. So, and but what we've really, really been crushing it is on more of the the transactional money. Obviously, we make a lot more uh, money on the rehabs, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our transactional money is really, really good because uh, you know, a lot, if you're a rehabber and you're listening to this, you would know this is that uh, a lot of rehabbers go through what I call a boom and famine cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. where they get into property and then, you know, they, they fix it up, excited, they flip out and then, you know, and then now the money's gone or they have to re-roll that money into a new project and they're kind of strapped with cash, that kind of stuff, right? Right. So we needed to fill the gaps. So luckily enough, our wholesale department just skyrocketed and we've uh, wholesaled over 60 properties, you know, in the last six months or so. And we've rev- revved out uh, over like 600000 on that. You wow. know, so okay. it's we're doing fairly good on I didn't even want to talk about that because people in Los Angeles can hear that and they'd be like, Oh my god, you know, so no, we, we won't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> the secret is safe with us. Right, only only uh yeah, we're only a hundred thousand listeners, right? Right, right. Um yeah. what was I just gonna say? Oh, and you and you're driving all of this traffic and all your business is coming through these online internet efforts? We're doing majority of online online and email marketing. Okay. Online email marketing. That's what we're doing. So, so we try to get them from uh, bot, you know, paid traffic. We got our landing pages, our squeeze pages that they opt into, mm-hmm. and uh, we're we're just pushing. Uh, you know, we just try to do something different. You know, so the most Perfect. people. So sounds like you're doing it. But so. again, there's a lot of effort there as well. Yeah. So, what would your advice be to somebody who's out there, you know, knocking on doors and 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 doing direct mail and and now they just heard this and they want to switch their whole business up. I'm going to use the line that I hear you say often mm. is uh, uh, focus, right? You mm-hmm. talk about focus, energy right. dispersed. Right. Right? right. And you use the example of a magnifying glass and, you know, the sun being, you know, warm and uh-huh. sunny outside. But when you use a magnifying glass and you put that sun in there and it gets focused, you can start a fire. Right. You know, powerful stuff. So same thing I would tell them if you're just starting off, I wouldn't... Uh, you know, learn the basics, learn the fundamentals, mm-hmm. because the stuff that I'm talking about retargeting, that's like advanced stuff, you know. Right. And if and if I use a sports analogy, kind of like you know basketball, because I'm a basketball fan, you know, you gotta learn the jab step first, and you gotta you know before you try to do <laughs> the, you know dribble the ball with your left hand first before you try to do a crossover, you know. So right, right, right. you know you gotta learn the basic fundamentals first, and then at least at least understand that conceptually, so that way at least the context of where the 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 advanced strategy comes from, so that mm-hmm. way if you decide to hire out someone, you're not gonna get you know you're not gonna get screwed now if you're bootstrapping meaning that you're like in the startup phase as i like to call it of your investment Mm -hmm. meaning that you don't have six months of reserves from your profit because once you have six months reserve of profit i don't think you're in a startup phase you're in more of what i call the 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 growth phase of your investment business but Mm -hmm. if you're in your straight startup phase and you need to kind of bootstrap it is you got to pick one strategy in my opinion and Mm -hmm. you got to get that one strategy to roi quickly as possible 
Mm-hmm. You know, break even, I don't care. You know, you got to ROI it. Then once you ROI it, then tweak it, tweak it, so that way you can start going in the green. And once you get in the green, then move to a different strategy. Mm-hmm. But until you do that, don't don't, don't jump around different strategy. Right. Because uh, my coach told me that, and he drew this whiteboard, because I was telling him one time, I was just like, man, I'm so, so, so depressed. I'm like, I'm doing all this stuff. I feel like I'm working, but I'm not making any money, you know? Right. And, and he was just like, Jeffy boy. And he calls me Jeffy boy. And he was just like, here, <laughs> let me show you something. And he goes, and he pops up a you know a green green marker and goes on the whiteboard and he says here let me draw something to you give me a strategy and he goes and he and I told him yeah I'm doing direct mail so he draws a line and he says okay from zero to one hundred what's your completion on that what would you say I was like you know what I think I can it's not a hundred percent yet I think I maybe have like 70, 80 percent he draws a line and then I go okay what else are you doing I'm doing like social media marketing he's like how, how are you doing on that it's like ah you know I'm executing maybe like 20, 30 percent he draws a line and I kept on going through different like five different strategies and mm-hmm. he looks at that and he goes he goes Jeff do you see a problem I said, what do you mean? And I'm just like, none of that line is all to completion. And he right. says, so if you were in a race, you never completed a race. Right. You didn't win anything. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, okay. And then he says, let me show you something else on how I work. And he says, he says uh, you were working like this. And you go, A, B, C, D, A, B, C, D, A, B, C, D, A, B, C, D. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what do you mean by that? And he's all like, well, you're starting one, one strategy, you don't finish it. And then you go to a different strategy, you work on that, go to a different one. And then you work on that, go to a different one, work on that. You never work on it and you never completely finish it. Mm-hmm. Versus how I work. And he says, I go A, 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 A until I finish that. Mm-hmm. Then I go B, 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 B. And I finish that, the C, 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 C. And when he told me that, I was just like, holy smoke. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. I don't know if it'll work, but I'm just going to go ahead and try it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's been the biggest life-changing moment for me is when I realized that is that uh, um, the type of DNA that I have, I'm just always scatterbrained. Mm-hmm. So I like to start new projects, that kind of <laughs> stuff. So I'm not a very good closer. I know that about myself. That's why I'm uh, – so when it comes to new projects, I'm very good at. Right. But uh, I realize I just need to complete them. So now my strategy, like I said, is I'll start a project. I'll take it to 90%. And then I have a person on my team that I can pass it on to, to close it off and fine tune it. Mm-hmm. And that really, really helps. So if you're starting off, you know, is you got to one, stay focused. But mm-hmm. then two, with focus, you got to realize what your natural DNA is, like what you're strong at. Because you want to amplify your on your strength. Because, you know, if if you suck at, you know, some people are really, really good at certain things than other people aren't you know mm-hmm. so like my strengths are um coaching teaching you know going getting in front of people and i'm very good at that you know mm-hmm. and uh, and some people say jeff you seem like you're very analytical you know and i say and i say is that an asian joke you know and but, <laughs> but really i'm not an analytical by nature you know mm-hmm. i'm very free-spirited i'm more creative than analytical mm-hmm. but the analytical side i've learned over the over the course of you know running businesses and just looking at balance sheets, looking at numbers, that you need to know that side of the business. But I'm really mm-hmm. not the best guy doing that. So uh, my business partner is a lot better at that, you know. Mm-hmm. So so you know it works very well. So if you're starting off, you really got to know your strengths on what you what you're good at. Some people are really good at you know meeting face to face. Some people are really good being like the back back office, you know. Mm-hmm. But some people are really good at actually physically doing stuff with their hands, right? Some people mm-hmm. are really good at starting stuff, um, mm-hmm. but it's terrible at closing. Some people are terrible at starting. They procrastinate but once they get going they're really good closers you know so those are the the strengths that uh, i think you got to know so right so then once they identify their strengths Mm -hmm. what do they do next is that how they choose their strategy or do they find team members or i would i would say so if i had to redo it over again that's what i would do is uh, if I if if let's just say I'm I go into a brand new market I have no connection no network I don't have any money whatsoever then my strength I know for a fact is that uh, I can meet and connect with a lot of people so then my next question is say okay at scale how can I get in front of a lot of people quickly 
Mm-hmm. And I would take that route and try to try to uh, strategize. In my case, if I probably go to a market I don't know, I'll probably leverage realtors, mm-hmm. right? Because they know a lot of people and they're already in the market anyway. So I'll try to become the realtor's best friends uh, one way or another. You know, I'll probably right. find the top. I wouldn't say find the top realtors because when you find the top real estate agents, typically they, they have their nose up in the air, you know? <laughs> right. So you, so you want to look for what I say. I the, know that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, know, I know that. Oh, I know, know so, those people. Yeah. But then, you know, like like I would strategize and find a more of what I call the BC realtors. You know, the mm-hmm. ones that haven't broken through yet. Right. And uh, those are the folks that you want to look for because, you know, a lot of real estate agents are one-legged as well. Like, you know, most entrepreneurs are one-legged, meaning that they're very good at one part of the business, mm-hmm. but they're not good at the other part of the business, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you can find, if you're good at, you know, if you only got a left leg, you know, it doesn't make sense to find someone with another left leg. You know, right. find a right leg that right. matches with you and go. Right. Now, the other part is this. Is I was that, just thinking you and I would be terrible business partners because <laughs> we're great at starting stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so. Um, but, but go ahead, I'm sorry. The, the, you, no, want, no. you want a left leg and a right leg. Yeah, you want a left leg and a right leg. And, and uh, if if you have the ability and you have the capital, is uh, the the biggest thing is this is that to hire your right leg, don't mm-hmm. partner your right leg. Mm-hmm. You know that's the golden advice I can give, I like because it. that forces you to actually run it as a business. Mm-hmm. You know when you have to pay money out of your pocket for someone's salary, mm-hmm. that for, that changes the game. You know it's not like oh yeah you know what you want to invest yeah okay I can invest you know what you're good at talking to people oh I'm good at analyzing the deals oh, you know what let's partner up and do fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. Stupid mm-hmm. shit. Don't do that. Right. You know, if you're starting off, because then you're kind of uh, going in there with just a big question mark. And I, get, I guarantee you, sooner or later, when you go through that, one person's going to do more work than the other, and then the other person's going to have remorse. And it's, it's terrible. Always. So, always, yeah. <laughs> so, and nothing is ever equal in mm-hmm. life. We know that. You know, nothing is ever 50 50. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Right. Usually it's an 80 20. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, those are the advice I got for uh, brand new investors that's getting starting. starting awesome. Off, you know, so. Well, God, thanks, Jeff. Thanks for. Spending the time with us. I know you're a really busy guy, and you, you came here to drop by to, to, to grace and bless the studio. <laughs> that was awesome. So uh, you also have a podcast, too. Oh, yeah. So if people like what they heard today, how would they find your podcast? Uh, go on iTunes and look up Real Estate Strategy Lab, and you'll be able to pull it up and see all of our uh, podcasts. It's a little bit different. Uh, our podcast is uh, more marketing. It's mm-hmm. a strictly just we try to talk about just only marketing. And uh, the biggest thing is we talk about strategies that I'm doing in my own business right now at the moment. And also we bring on guests as well. And I know, Matt, you've been on there mm-hmm. as well multiple mm-hmm. times. So, uh, you know, check it out. Okay, for sure. And then uh, if they want to get your books, go to Amazon.com, Crushing It with Craigslist, Flipping Houses to Wall Street, and Retargeting. And if you want to put, uh, you want to help me keep the lights on here in the studio, go to epicrealestate.com first. Click the Amazon banner before you go there to purchase. That would be great help for the studio. And uh, we can keep delivering this awesome, awesome content. So, again, um, thank you again, Jeff. And uh, we'll certainly have you back if you're open to it. Absolutely. I'm excited. Perfect. Enjoy the day, and uh, we'll chat soon. Thank you. Take care. Okay, that's it for another episode of Epic Real Estate Investing. If you happen to have a question, comment, or concern that you'd like me to answer or address here live on the show, please share them with me on the Epic Real Estate Investing hotline at 1-888-891-7203. That's 1-888-891-7203. Okay, until next time. And as a very wise person once said, focus on the journey, not the destination. Joy is found not in finishing an activity, but in doing it. To your success, I'm Matt Terrio, living the dream. You've been listening to Epic Real Estate Investing, the world's foremost authority on separating the facts from the BS in real estate investing education. 
If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to visit iTunes and share your thoughts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time here at Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.